welcome to the Oxcala podcast by University of Oxford South Asian Art Society. This is your host, Shishir Rao. So in our previous episodes, we talked about a couple things. We talked about pace. We talked about Kayal as a medium of storytelling. We talked about how to listen properly to Hindustani classical music and the masters of the past. So let's start with topic one right now. Uh, let's look at pace. So Shubhangiji said very many beautiful things about the concepts of pace. She first starts by saying that pace should be really predefined, should be a measurement of one's own mental state, reflective of what's going on in one's mind, and uh, that reflection should come across in one's music, art in general. Specifically, she also says that the pace must be uniform or the same throughout the presentation. So what is pace, right? That's the fundamental question here. Before we jump into examples of pace in things, things being mediums of art, like films, books, our very own Hindustani Kayal, Indian classical music at large, let's first go ahead and try and define this very vague, ambiguous concept of pace. So how do we start with pace? It's a bit hard to get my head around, frankly. So I thought about it actually like an analogy, and that's what I'm going to present here today. And I'm just going to render this section of this Reflections episode as the physics of pace, if I can call it that. As we just said, pace is kind of hard to define and hard to get your hands around. So instead of diving into a definition of pace, I'd like to introduce this analogy. So I thought about it like being a passenger in a car. What I specifically mean is the experience of being in the car as a passenger is very similar to the experience of soaking in a piece of art, say music or a film or a book. So based on this, we're going to take a look at the analogy first and then try and disentangle the idea of pace. Now starting with the analogy, there are easy drivers like smooth drivers and rough drivers like volatile drivers, right? Of course, there's also all kinds of drivers in between. On some days they're smooth and on some days they're volatile. It's a gradient, right? From smooth to volatile. An easy driver or a smooth driver, what I mean by that is a driver who takes the car and they are maybe going fast, maybe going slow. It's not about the speed per se, but they're going smooth. You could sit in the back of their car and fall asleep. Sit at the back of the car, watch a movie, not knowing when the driver is going over speed bumps or going, taking, taking a turn or going fast on the highway. It doesn't matter. Nothing perturbs you as an audience member, in this case, uh, as a backseat uh, passenger, right? But a volatile driver isn't that. Volatile driver makes your stomach turn inside out when they take that turn really fast, and basically you're at the edge of your seat the entire ride. That's the experience of being in a car with a volatile driver. Now, let's look at a specific element of both these drivers, the uh, nice drivers, smooth drivers, as well as the volatile ones. Let's look at acceleration. In my eyes, I see acceleration as a distinguishing factor between super volatile drivers and super smooth drivers. There are other things, of course, that play into your experience in the drive, right? But we're not going to get into those right now. But one of the core ones, one of the core elements which are causal or responsible for how you get along on this road trip, how you feel on this drive from point A to point B, if you're relaxed or tense about how the driving is going, one of those core components is acceleration. Now, 
I just don't mean acceleration and blanket, right? Generally, acceleration actually is evident in both types of driving. You cannot get the car to move without accelerating. That's obvious. And you need the car to move to get any experience out of this whatsoever, right? If the car's sitting in the garage, you're not experiencing anything. You're not experiencing the road trip at all. The point is, how is acceleration conducted? In smooth drivers, yes, the car has to move at whatever speed you need it to move at. So you need to accelerate from zero to that speed. Now, the same that I said about the smooth drivers, it goes for volatile drivers as well. Even they need to accelerate to get to whatever speed they want to drive at. Now, what is the volatility aspect of it, right? So smooth drivers, when they do accelerate to whatever speed, say 60 miles per hour on the highways, right? They accelerate slowly. They don't just hit the gas pedal, slam it down, and go from 0 to 60 in like 5 seconds, whatever the new modern Tesla can do, right? They go at it gently so as to not turn the stomachs of the people who are in the car. Also, once they accelerate to that speed, the difference is they keep that speed. They have a constant speed, which means zero acceleration. And once they're going at 60 miles per hour, they might decide to speed up to 65 or slow down to 55. But the point is there's small perturbations around 60 miles per hour, as opposed to high variance swings around 60 miles per hour. On the other hand, the volatile driver does something different, right? The volatile driver, they are constantly accelerating and decelerating. In addition, when they do accelerate or decelerate, it is incredibly high unit values, which means they change velocity over a very short period of time. Rate of change of velocity, in other words, is very big, right? The actual rate of change is very big in absolute terms. And that's a problem. That's what makes your stomach go inside out. Same with roller coasters, right? Same with fighter jets. When, you know, people take these uh, jets out, the, cha the change in velocity is two, three, four, or even more times gravity itself. And that's incredibly high acceleration. And people can pass out even, right? So that's what takes people for what is known as a very volatile ride. So from smooth to volatile, this is the smoothness of a driver. We as passengers in the car ascribe a level of smoothness depending on how smooth the journey is going. We say that, oh, this journey could have been smoother, which means it was probably a little volatile. We could have said, wow, I could barely feel a thing. All I did is look out the window and enjoy the sights, which meant it was an incredibly smooth ride and you were just enjoying the ride and forgetting the actual engineering involved, the technicalities involved. How does this relate to our conversation about pace and music? Just like how we experience the ride as a function of the volatility of the driver and the drive itself, being a passenger in the car, pace is, for me, defined as the volatility of the piece of music, the piece of writing, or the film. Our understanding of pace, or as we just defined it, the volatility of the actual art being presented, that too is on a gradient, much like our experience as a passenger in someone's car laid back, measured, to incredibly frantic and busy. Now, a lot of things could contribute to our understanding, our feelings, our receptivity of volatility in the piece of art. A lot of things, right? It could be our mood on that given day. It could be the performance off if it's a performative art. It could be the lighting in the film, in the theater even, which is exclusive of the film, which is outside the constructs of the film. But in my eyes, if you adjust for all those confounding elements, in my eyes, I feel it largely has to do with the analogy of acceleration in uh, driving. Not completely, but largely. Let me emphasize that. So let's take the laid-back version of pace, right? What that means is there are no quickly moving parts. There's no quickly moving segments of music. 
um, in, in what is music, right? But in film, there would be no crazy fight scenes with surprise and horror at every end. No edges, your seat, thriller, action. At any point in the film, um, it's just going to be, you know, a nice romantic comedy with no sharp edges. Um, or a nice drama, a slow drama, like a period piece like Downton Abbey or something. And it's just laid back and it's, it's, it's cool. Um, on the other end is a more volatile film, which is the horror genre at large, right? Like, take any film from there. Uh, it's going to be filled with sharp edges, as I say, right? It's going to be filled with surprises and moments of action, moments of horror, as the genre name suggests. And is it going to be edge of your seat thriller? And what does that mean, right? It means that the change from bland and nothing's happening to, oh my god, the bad guy just surprised me by coming out from behind the bush or something, right? So it goes from zero velocity to 100 velocity very quickly, which is a really steep acceleration. And same with music. There could be nothing happening. Just Don put up playing. Tabla playing nice Vilambitleya. And all of a sudden the musician takes a ton from Upper Gandhar or something. And the musician brings it all the way back down real quickly. That's a that's a high acceleration event, high acceleration moment, right? Now if we actually look at real performances and real music and real films, real books, it's actually not a boring car ride where a driver is going completely safe. Unlike driving, we don't want the safest drive, if I can call it that, in our experiences of art. That'd be a very bland kind of exhibition or bland kind of uh, work of art generally. We want a little bit of jolts here and there, and that's why uh, the large part of Hollywood is devoted to films which are quite mellow, but have a couple moments of surprise and action and thrills and whatnot. Let's take any movie in the Marvel universe, right? There's some moments of levity, moments of romance, but some moments are just nice fights and action-packed sequences. It's a measured movie. It's a well-balanced one, one can say. Same with, like, rom-coms. You know, there's one moment of surprise when, uh, I don't know, the bride, you know, gets upstaged by the bridesmaid or something along those lines, you know? And it's just like, wow, I can't believe that happened. But there's only one or two of those. So the acceleration events are not very frequent. They're sparse throughout the film. And we go home at the end of the film thinking, well, that was a measured movie. There's a couple nice surprises here and there, but overall quite quite nice, quite decent, quite well-paced, and that's what it is. But with horror films, we rarely feel this. We just probably will be feeling like the first 20 minutes is nice and calm, but the rest of the movie, we're just on the edge of our seats being scared for the rest of the movie. And that's that's a whole different type of experience. The point I'm trying to come to here is there's all kinds of experiences in art. There are smooth ones and volatile ones. None of them are any worse than the others. Just uh, there's a place for each of them. And also, if there isn't a place, you can make one. You can be, now going back to Hindustani Kayal, you can be that Kayalia who sings incredibly measured throughout. A perfect example of this is someone like Pandit Pranath. You can hear his music on YouTube. He has some amazing pieces of music which is incredibly measured, incredibly well-paced, a very uh, soothing drive, a very scenic drive where you can just take in the sights, if I could go back to the driving analogy, right? Um, also, Ustad Amir Khan is a great example of a 
amazing smooth driver with a couple nice risky left and right turns you know if i if i could put it that way he has a nice couple nice surprises in there uh which take you for well wow that was quite unexpected that's quite beautiful i don't know where that came from that's the emotion it might evoke from the listener but in general very soothing very calming and generally a meditative experience again a drive where you just soak in the sights on the other end of people like Ustad Amir Khan Saheb, Pandit Pranath, um, are people who are a little bit more volatile, a little bit more uh, crazy in how they approach some sequences. But that doesn't mean that they are bad to listen to or that they're, that they're unnerving in any way. A good example of this is Pandit Kumar Gandharvji. He's actually incredibly meditative. But there are moments of high acceleration in his renditions. That's the thing about acceleration, right? So if it's constantly high acceleration and, you know, breaking hard, which means high deceleration, and then back to high acceleration, that's when you get really tired with the ride. But if the rides are high acceleration and then you keep it there, you keep it at that velocity, and then you decelerate quickly, it's a bit more palatable. What do I mean by that? Basically, if there's not many sequences of high acceleration stacked against one another, it's very easy to digest. It's much easier to digest, one can say. It's still busier, no doubt about that. It's still busier. But it's the frequency of conducting high acceleration events, I feel. So, for example, Pandit Kumar Gandharvji, would take this kind of phrase. phrase is incredibly punchy here as you can see right but still he's giving so much space between each iteration of the punch you know each iteration of taking a variation on rajan this can be a little jarring at first right because they are coming out of nowhere again it's a it's one of those surprising moments however we're going to see also in the rest of the clip here how he gently massages the space around it so the piece of music is not just full of punches and surprises. It's uh, it's overall mellowed out, even though there are bursts here and there. case he's taking incredibly quick moving segments but he's spacing them out right the acceleration is high when it when when he does attack those phrases the attack on the phrase is sharp with high acceleration but he gives enough pause to let it soak let it remain in the air even after he's finished the phrase 
What he doesn't do is exactly what I'm about to show you right now. What I'm going to do right now is uh, take a bunch of fast uh, moving sharp phrases with absolutely no intermission, with no rest, with no pause to let these phrases sink in. <laughs> When these pauses aren't given, as you can clearly see in this clip, what's left is this atmosphere of tension and restlessness, which is hard to resolve. It's going back to the driver analogy. It's a driver driving a Honda Accord like a Formula One car. It just means that the driver is taking incredibly risky, fast, sharp turns maybe with, again, high acceleration, high deceleration, and uh, there's no expecting what the driver will do. On top of it, from more of a raga criticism perspective, if you just hammer the audience with these phrases one after another after another, it's not generally true. I can't say this is a theorem, but it doesn't perhaps potentially allow the raga to be soaked up by the proverbial audience. Or even if there is an audience, it doesn't allow the raga to be soaked up by the environment, by the musicians themselves. My expansion of Nand, unlike Pandit Kumar Gandharji's, was just murki after murki after tan after murki after murki. And there was no allowance, no possibility for the rag to be soaked in, the rag to just mature and marinate. Now we come to another point, right? So I'm already hinting at it, right? with saying something wasn't giving me peace or something wasn't giving me a sense of satisfaction. So is there a bad and good version of pace? I don't know. That might come down to something like dogma. What one values when they listen to performance. And that also is split, right? Some people like horror. Some people like thrillers. While some people like romantic comedies and Downton Abbey-like dramas. Frankly, as a big fan of film myself, I like all the genres. I have no issue with any of them. I have seen amazing horror films. I've seen horrible horror films. I've seen amazing dramas. I've seen horrible dramas. But the point is, each of them have their own home in film. I don't know if that's necessarily the case in all types of music. In terms of genre like horror or suspense manifesting in classical music. Perhaps Stravinsky is a bit busier and more chaotic than other uh, musicians, but you can't quote me on that. It's just an uneducated point of view, perhaps. In Hindustani Kale, it's a bit biased. You know, things are usually tending towards the more peaceful and meditative style of music, uh, which means, in terms of driving, a smooth driver, one where you can soak in the sights, soak in the nuances of the places you are driving through. Um, in musical terms, it means that the audience or the, of course, proverbial audience can soak in the raga. It gives time to soak in the raga. Also, the conversation about acceleration, deceleration, momentum, and the car driving and all that is really quite interesting to disentangle because when the driver takes his or her leg off the pedal, the car is just moving, you know, and I just feel like that is... A moment where there is 
zero acceleration obviously right there is no acceleration happening in fact the car is um, decelerating naturally but more importantly in terms of music it means that the the car is just moving the raga is just moving it's not being forced by the musician actually singing the raga or presenting the raga on instrument the raga lingers even after uh, it's been played in phrase form right the phrase has been done now there's a moment of pause and what's left in the air is the momentum of the phrase the momentum of the phrase is what you soak in as the listener after the phrase is long done it gives a whole perhaps a whole new meaning to the idea that the raga is in the space between the phrases the space in the silence the momentum of the raga is carried only when you stop actually presenting the actual raga through phrases it's the spaces between the presentations of the raga in phrase form also now that we've gone through some of the more basic tenets of how pace is defined perhaps and what are some conceptions of pace presented by yours truly we could look at some of the confounding factors which affect pace unknowingly now we just did say that acceleration slash deceleration plays a huge role in all of this understood it makes sense to some degree but also there are other things now going back to the analogy of the drive which play a role in how smooth the drive was the car the model of the car right it's well known that some cars are horribly bumpy rides so even if the driver is the best smoothest driver known to humankind it won't matter the car itself is a rugged drive and nothing or very little can happen can manifest to mitigate that um, now also if it's a very smooth car uh, you have the opposite effect right that a driver may not be the smoothest driver may not be the most skillful driver at calmly slowly accelerating and decelerating but yet you still get a decent time out of the car uh, again no thanks to the driver but really thanks to the car there there's also other things you know to enjoy the drive some other simple things like the type of engine the type of um, seats the type of suspension all of these things have a lot to do with one's understanding and conception about the volatility of the drive itself and the natural enjoyment that comes from it or that does not come from it the same can be actually seen in one's understanding or assessment of volatility in khayal actually in a very nice set of youtube videos shri tm krishna a prominent carnatic musician and artist has actually stated one of those elements which can confound one's perception of how peaceful volatile the quote-unquote drive is going he was not explicitly discussing pace in his conversations but he was talking about the overall peacefulness and the and the slowness and the uh, measured presentation of a raga has a lot to do with the timbre of the voice he was saying that lower voices are more naturally um, in tune and related and associated with being slower more peaceful more gradual while higher voices higher pitched voices are less so they're more uh, naturally attuned to being more chaotic being more volatile this may or may not be true it may be just an assessment from one point of view but to a large extent i do see this trend uh, i see that lower voices you find it easier as a listener to just find that gravitas which is naturally existing there 
But one could say, and I do say, that it's a little harder to find that naturally emanating gravitas in a singer with a higher-pitched voice. Gravitas and pace and volatility are all interrelated concepts that I don't want to disentangle right now for the sake of time and for the sake of staying on topic. But the, the truth is, um, I think that the voice and the timbre of the voice does impact upon one's perception of the volatility of the actual music. And that's the punchline of all of this, right? There is no objective assessment of volatility because pace and volatility is a function of all of the things we first and foremost perceive. And what we perceive is obviously subject to internal preferences and general subjectivity, right? So these conversations about pace are seen right now through a scientific lens, I get that, but they're always coming from a place of subjectivity. So an obvious question that I was thinking about while making this Reflections episode is what is the analog to speed in the whole analogy of being a passenger in a car? What is speed? I've noticed that when drivers drive really fast, but again, stick to that speed, even if they're going 90 miles per hour, but they stick to 90 miles per hour, they don't sway. It's not incredible variance around mean 90. Then it's actually quite an enjoyable ride still. Also, if the car is good, if the car can hold at that speed, it's, it's appropriate. I can uh, still have a good time, even if the car is going that fast. I can be at peace and content and still enjoying the ride, truly feeling comfortable. So high speeds are not something which hurts, per se. The high speeds are taken without care, without safety, then that's the point, right? It gets really unruly and unsafe at those high speeds. But if it's a flat road and someone's just going straight at 90 miles per hour, I don't feel anything. It feels great, actually. So I feel the same thing about music, that when the speeds are high, uh, a good example of this is thons. I never feel like thons when someone who is well-versed in thons and adept at singing thons performs thonkari. I don't feel that I'm experiencing any type of volatile music. I actually just feel like the thon is actually peaceful. And that's a little counterintuitive, right? How can a thon be peaceful? It's going at double speed, 240 beats per minute. How can that possibly lead to a feeling of calmness and peace? But that's relative, right? Let's go back to the analogy. It's a car going at a steady pace because usually thons are taking double speed at some layer. And when it's double speed, that means that singer or the instrumentalist is presenting a slew of notes at exactly the same speed for a good amount of time. And that's one thought. In our explanations of acceleration, velocity, and distance, right, this literally means that the acceleration is zero and velocity is at some rate, maybe 90 miles per hour, right, in this um, hypothetical example. But, but the point of the matter is it's zero acceleration. So I'm not being jerked around. I actually feel at peace. I actually feel safe in the car. And that's the point. Now, going back to Alap, Jaipur Garana does something very beautiful. What do they do? They actually sing Alap on beat. And maybe that's why when I hear someone as genius as Pandit Malikarjan Mansur or Kesar Bhaiji or any of these great musicians of the Jaipur lineage, I feel always at peace. I'm always feeling that I'm in a meditative trance-like state. And it's I feel very much to do with the power of keeping acceleration low and keeping things at a constant velocity. They are absolute genius for so many reasons, right? 
the Jaipur lineage is incredibly adept at Laikari, incredibly adept at Jodragas, incredibly adept at Minyans. But for me, the thing which gives me that meditative state of mind when I listen to Jaipur is their understanding of a no-acceleration zone of improvisation. The zero-acceleration constant velocity spirit towards improvising on the Raga. Let's just hear Pandit Malikarjan Mansur just for a quick bit here to exactly show you what I mean. In this clip, Pandit Mansur sings Rag Kabiri Bharat. It's an odd amalgam of ragas and a, quite a bit convoluted, but the reason why I've chosen this exact piece for the demonstration here is because he sings an alap and he sings the bandish as well. But notice the laya of both the alap and the bandish to follow. The alap he sang was very short, understandably, because he just wanted to jump right into the kayal, the composition. However, you can see that actually the pace that he's setting up, the the rhythm that he's setting up for the bandish is actually already set up and properly established in the alap itself. And he just wants to keep everything at that same velocity. Because if he were to take alap at a different layer, and start his composition slightly slower or faster, that would necessarily, in terms of physics, demand acceleration, right? However, he circumvents that entirely by keeping everything in one layer, and that's absolutely genius, because now we're just experiencing music at one velocity, zero acceleration. <laughs> For clip, he he demonstrates that even when he is conducting alap or rendering the bandish itself, the lines of the composition, he is all sticking to the same exact layer that he's established from second one of his presentation. He's not deviating from that. That establishes this foundation of a layer, foundation of this beat to his presentation. I'm not talking beat of the tabla, beat of his composition. No, it's an underlying metronome. 
to his work to follow. Going back to our concepts of acceleration and velocity, when a steady metronome is being established by this musician, a steady beat underlying all presentation to come, that means that there is actually no movement from this beat, no deviation from this beat. And that means, ultimately, that there's no acceleration. The musician is laying the groundwork, so you're always in tune with that beat. How you resonate with his raga is by first finding and resonating with the beat he's created. That's what makes me appreciate his genius. As just a fun little deviation from our exploration of pace in Khayal, Hindustani Khayal, I'd like to instead demonstrate something real quickly in the world of Drupad, because I feel Drupadiyas, those who practice the art of Drupad, have mastered pace and volatility and all these concepts that I'm just struggling to get at, far better than many of us here in the Khayal world. Here I'll be presenting a clip by Ustad Hussein Saeeduddin Dagar. He's a master of Drupad vocals and uh, he presents a very interesting raga known appropriately perhaps as Adbhut Kalyan. So in this clip, I'll just be showing some alap. Alap actually forms quite the mainstay component in Drupad presentations and even before attempting compositions, really, Drupadi has spent a lot of time on alap. So the question might be, oh, there's no tabla, there's no pakawaj, which is the traditional form of accompaniment of Drupad presentations. So how can there be leya? How can there be pace? How can there be all these concepts that we talked about? The internal metronome, as I was speaking about regarding Pandit Mansur. How do they establish pace? How do they establish this patience in Nurupadalap. Here's the clip. In this short but beautiful construction, Ustad Sayyiduddin Ji does something very beautiful. He sings with the Nom Tom Alap, as they say in Drupad, and with that he maintains the pace. Just as an example, 
when he does this, the 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 pace, the metronome is given by the syllables he takes. Very similar, actually, in some ways to Jaipur presentation, Agra presentation of Khayal. The beat of some beat, some metronome, always remains present, omnipresent, throughout the performance, throughout the Raga's expansion. To conclude with this Reflections episode, the reason why I bring all of this stuff up about Leia, about Dal, about this metronome, about pace, about volatility, is because... As much as I'm interested in the academics of all of this, as some listeners obviously know that I am, I'm actually just interested in reaching that Zen, reaching that Nirvana, or whatever you might want to call it. And I think this is a causal component. It's not just associated, or otherwise known as correlated, to that Nirvana state, this understanding of pace, understanding of volatility. It is actually causally associated. What do I mean by that? It means that Actually, if you take any musician and you intervene on their state of volatility, it will make a noticeable impact, a statistically significant impact, if I could put it like that, on the volatility of their rendition, of their art. And that's what I'm trying to say here. And this pace concept was just too vacuous and just too big of a thing for me to tackle at the onset of this Reflections episode. Thus, understanding pace through the lens of physics through the lens of this hypothetical car driving on a road has really helped me understand some core components not of driving or not of being a passenger in a car but the actual metrics of what is pace and for all you listeners out there hopefully it's helping with your understanding of pace as well please do feel free to let me know on our instagram page and the oxas facebook page thank you very much this is oxcala podcast